Welcome to ResTalk, your source for the latest insights, trends, news, and resources from leaders in the building performance and rating world. Here's your host, a committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, and the podfather of energy efficiency, Bill Spohn. Hello, and welcome back to the ResTalk podcast. It's our goal here at ResTalk to communicate late-breaking news and thoughtful insights about the wide array of topics in the rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings to all the stakeholders in the ResNet ecosystem. So whether you're a housing consumer, rater, builder, realtor, or appraiser, you want to hear more about the evolving trends in home energy rating. To the ResNet community, we do this podcast to tell you we're listening and engaging. Data is king. That's what they say. How can the ResNet QA app How can the data insights provided by that app revolutionize the way we build and rate energy efficient homes? Just imagine a world where getting your home energy rating was as easy as using a smartphone app. Is that the future that the ResNet QA app promises? Our trio of guests, Cassandra Wright, Leo Jansen, and Billy Giblin, help us to understand the development and application of the new ResNet QA app is a tool designed to improve the quality and consistency of home energy ratings. Now here's some of the key points. There are a ton of them. The QA checklist was created first to address the concerns about inconsistencies and quality assurance reviews, QA reviews. Checklists evolved through several versions and became a mandatory requirement for providers. And this need for better data and better access led to the development of the QA app. Now this app's available on the Apple Store, as well as Google Play, as well as a web app. And we discuss all those factors and provide a link in the show notes to provide you with more background information on that. This app should save time and provide more control and better access for QADs. There's also some future plans which we discuss, like tying in to Energy Star, Indoor Air Plus, and Zero Energy Ready. There's also a way for providers who want to use their own tools for QA to implement with an API. So it's a pretty open system. There's a lot of benefits for transparency and consistency in QA reviews and provides valuable data really quickly for tracking and improving performance of the overall systems while reducing the workload for QADs and providers. So let's tune in and listen as Cassandra Wright, Leo Jansen, and Billy Giblin give us an idea on how QA in your pocket a mobile app is empowering the ResNet HERS ratings. Today we have three people, all great people in the ResNet HERS industry, who are going to share with us some interesting developments. Now we have Leo, who's owner of EEHM, Cassandra, who's a QA team lead at Strand Systems, and Billy Giblin, of course, you've heard him before, he's a QA field specialist at ResNet. I'm going to ask everyone to give us a little background, introduce themselves in that order, Leo, Cassandra, and Billy. Go ahead, Leo. Thanks, Bill. Again, my name is Leo Jansen. I'm the proud second-generation owner of Energy Efficient Homes Midwest and the lead QAD for that third-party providership. I'm also a serving member of the Resident Board of Directors, representing providers, the current chair of the QA Checklist Staff Advisory Committee, and a voting member on SDC 900. Thank you. Cassandra, give us your background, please. Hey, Bill. 
My name is Cassandra Wright. I serve as the QA team lead at Strand Systems in Dallas, Texas. We are a rapidly growing engineering firm who aligns with Energy Stars Initiative. I am a ResNet HERS Raider and QAD. And before joining Strand, I was involved with various Texas home builders as a design team member. Fantastic. And Billy, give us a little refresh on your background. I'm Billy Giblin. I am the Quality Assurance Field Specialist with ResNet. I've been with ResNet about five and a half years now. Prior to that, I worked as a HERS Raider and with utility implementation and evaluation for Nexent for years. And multitude of careers prior to that. I have been point person for ResNet with this app that we're going to talk about today. So speaking of the app, can you give us a little history or brief history that's led ResNet to develop the QA app? Yes. So there was a checklist that was created years ago as ResNet was getting ready for Addendum 30, adopting Addendum 30, which was Moving the QA pass-fail parameters from staying within two HERS index points, the QAD's evaluation of our rating, staying within two index points, plus or minus, of the Raiders HERS index findings. And it was moving to a checklist that was going to be more cumulative error so we could better assess what people were really doing. Because you could make 10, 20, 30 errors, but as long as it ping-ponged back and forth and stayed within two HERS index points, you would pass your quality assurance, and the problem with that is that it wasn't necessarily doing much for improving consistency and quality of ratings. So the checklist was adopted by the whole industry in Addendum 30 and had to be evolved. So there was one beta version and then evolved into another that got more specific with different types of specific software for file QA and then with both a field and a pre-drywall field QA has gone through several iterations and versions. We're on version 7 now. We formed a staff advisory committee about three to four years ago of quality assurance designees from around the country who helped guide us in the process of evolving this and making it a better tool for the people that actually use it. And with time, so we've had the spreadsheet in play here for a couple of years, two and a half years as a requirement, and then we just know we've needed it to what we really need is better access to the data. And presently, it's voluntary to upload the spreadsheet or not, but then a bunch of thousands of spreadsheets aren't necessarily easy to track or monitor. So we moved the idea, came up, let's create an app. And through the app, we can capture the information directly into our databases and then have much greater visibility into things and also improve that visibility for providers in the industry. It must also shrink the time aspect of getting the data in and getting it visible. Is that true? Yeah, we believe so. The app itself, I believe, is quicker to use than the spreadsheet. And then the processing of the information is easier because instead of having a spreadsheet that you got to store or move around the file or whatever or upload to the registry, it just when you submit it, it already goes into our database. It doesn't truly go into the registry. It goes into Kibana, which if you've heard Ryan Mears talk about Kibana, that's where really all data is accessed from. We really work off a couple different databases, actually three, but two that you all know of, Kibana and the registry. And so the app itself and the future API, in the API will really work through Kibana. 
Leah, why don't you give us some background, like the evolution here going back a few years? Yeah. So Billy had mentioned the staff advisory committee. I actually led a session at the 2020 conference in Scottsdale with Matt Dovenbarker from Southern Energy Management. And both their providership and mine had been an early adopter of what at the time I believe was version three of the checklist. And our session was really geared towards a lot of our ideas and process improvements that we had made and found by either collating a lot of different checklists together or best practices, recommendations for ResNet. And one of the recommendations was that they form a advisory committee and you get what you ask for sometimes. So when that was formed, Scott and Billy had asked me to chair that, which I happily agreed to. We started with the staff advisory committee in mid-2020 after the conference and were instrumental in the development of version 4.0 and have been involved in some way, shape, or form in every iteration since then. The big thing that I just want viewers to understand is that the resident checklist, unlike the MinHERS or the and standards that Resident has is not necessarily open for public comment. The way that the standards read is that the checklist is basically managed by Resident staff. So they have the ultimate deciding authority on what goes into it, but they welcome our input. And we use that staff advisory committee as a way to route information to Resident staff. If someone wanted to give that feedback, what's the best channel or way of reaching the staff advisory committee? I'd be happy to field emails directly to me, or we could have it sent to Billy. But Billy, I guess, do you have an official process for receiving that type of input? It's as official as I've made up, which is people email me and I just store specific feedback emails in one place in my in the outlook, as well as I usually I have a place in, in my notebook where I just keep track of the most significant ideas for updates. So yeah, I'm probably the best person to come to with ideas. You're the focal point there. The app is available now, is that correct? It is. It's been available, I think, since early November, and it's available and functional and working through definitely some improvements. We're working through some things to make it run more smoothly and, and more seamless, but it is up and running and people can make use of it right now to do all their QA reviews. The process of tracking is really actually pretty much getting ironed out, has been ironed out through and we're now developing dashboards so folks can access specifically QA. Folks already have dashboards. Providers already have dashboards for other data for their ratings through Kibana that they've been invited for, I don't know, some months ago. And it's really just creating another QA-specific dashboard on Kibana. And it's called ResNet QA? Is that the name of the app? Yeah, the name of the app is ResNet QA. Okay. Very creative, I know, but what can you do? Uh, yeah, get right down to it. Uh, waste no time. Apple Store, Google Play, and also I see in the ResNet website, it's a web app. I do want to say that with a web app, you can go from any laptop, desktop, tablet, and go through the web app and use it that way, or actually from any device, use it that way. From Android, you can go through the public app search, Google Play, and load it that way. Apple, unfortunately, hasn't given us quite that much freedom. They think it's just too specific to put it on as a public app. So you really have to go through the Apple Store link that I can provide you. As It's really only for QADs to use and providers to use. 
but I can provide you with that link. You have to go through that link because it's more of a private, if you will, or a specific app, and you have to go in through one channel to access it. And then once you access it, there's a report in the registry that QED or the provider selects for people to be have access to the app, and then they're sent an email, auto-generated email from ResNet with usernames and passwords to log in. Which makes sense because of the nature of the data, of course. Yeah, and providers need to be able to completely have control over who they want in there because it gives them a lot of access to the provider-specific information. So the provider selects which QADs can access the app through their providership and deselects them as needed over time, if needed over time. So let's get Cassandra in the conversation here. And you tell us what you like about the app structure and functionality, if you could. I really appreciate the efficiency and the time-saving features of the app, particularly how it pulls addresses directly from the registry using a uh, registry ID number and the integration of Alion items with the checklist, the overall time that's being saved per job. They're very valuable aspects that contribute to a smoother and more streamlined workflow process. Have you worked with the app since the original days, early stages of use? Were you one of the first users? I did start using it before the new year when they released it. And with time, the kinks have been worked out. And I do find it that it takes a lot of time off of each QA that I do. It's very time-saving and it's user-friendly for sure. Very good. Why are you choosing either the app or using the API? Is there a decision process you go through for that? Like I said, I opt to use the app because of the time that it saves. There's no manual entries that we have to do across the different tabs on the checklist, and we don't have to manually upload it to the registry. It's uh, an automatic process after you submit the app. Maybe this is a question for Billy. If someone wanted to pull a report on a specific rater or RFI, how would that process be? That is once the Kibana dashboard is up and running, which will be a relatively soon, the provider will have, and they already have login credentials to get into Gabbana for the dashboard for their ratings. I can't say specifically Ryan will help me figure that out, but whether it just goes into the same dashboard or it's a different dashboard or it's just a selection within the dashboard, but the provider or QAD will go into the Gabbana dashboard, select you know, the QA section, and then from there, it should be set up so that all raters, RFIs, modelers, everyone affiliated with their company will be in there. And it, one of the other important item, or elements of the app or using the API is that we will track all this information. So we will be keeping up with those numbers as they happen. So your acute quality assurance activities will load automatically as you're doing them so we can better track where you're at with your quality assurance through the year and all that quality assurance is linked to a person to people doing the work so as you're doing the quality assurance and listing the rating rfis who's modelers involved and the proper people are getting credit for the quality assurance review and then from that so in that the data is all in there a person would go into the dashboard and put in say an rfi's name or rfi and and bring up their quality assurance reviews and they can specify date ranges or I want this quarter or I want this year or these five years or whatever the person's looking for and they should list things and reference dates specifically when things happen. That's the nature of apps and I think that's we're all conditioned to think 
that apps are always changing and evolving and improving. And that's something that usually comes from user feedback. Is there anything that I say, Leo first, and then Cassandra can give me ideas what you're looking to see in the app as things move forward? I have two big asks so far from ResNet. The first one is I really want it to be able to integrate the different EAPs or energy efficiency programs. So namely Energy Star, Indoor Air Plus, and Zero Energy Ready. Their QA checklists basically reformat the different single family and multifamily versions into the either the Google Sheet structure or the app structure, and then be able to translate all of that to the registry at one time so that we have like a one-stop shop to complete the entire QA process for those additional programs. And then the second one, which I brought up at the conference, and I think it's on ResNet's radar, but I don't exactly know where it's at, but I'd really like to see ResNet create some forum or message board for QADs to be able to ask questions in crowdsource commonly asked FAQs to ResNet and then allow ResNet to answer them so that other QADs could reference that to go find the answers to something with regards to the app. Or if Cassandra had a recommendation, I could upvote it and say, yeah, I I really would like to see that. And hopefully it'll allow ResNet to prioritize certain improvements over others. Very good. Cassandra, you have some thoughts on your druthers, your wishes. Kind of like Billy mentioned, I think having a more comprehensive dashboard would be very convenient to be able to pull your reports and get your rater stats and your RFI stats directly from the app. It would be time-saving. And like Leo said, just all in one stop, all in one stop shop. Very good. I just want to comment that Resonance is always showing leadership and staying with the trends, modern times, and creating this app, moving from the checklist to an app. And also doing with so much feedback and also being very transparent, like through this podcast and talking about, hey, it's not perfect to start. We're working through bugs, but we're gaining uh, user feedback as things move along. So that's the typical ResNet style. Thanks, Bill. You're welcome. (laughs) Billy, we've slung around a couple terms here, like API. Is that something you could explain to the listeners what that is and how it works? I was hoping to bring that up soon because this is key. There will likely be, by the beginning of next year, only two means by which to do quality QA reviews. The apps will be one, and the other would be your own tools. A lot of providers have spent a lot of time and resource creating their own tools, which can do QA and so many more things that they needed to do. And we believe that we want and intend to keep that option very much alive for the providers who want it. And so... How that works in Leo can probably help me when I say these things wrong because I'm just learning about the technology myself. But we've been working off spreadsheets for years and we have an Excel version and we usually also create a Google Sheets version because different people have different priorities or preferences. And it's really a spreadsheet either way. That will be sent to everyone and the providers who are going to do their own tools. And then They use that to build the QA components and inputs into their tools. And then the API comes really from the other direction from 4D and Kibana. It comes from us to say, this is how the information needs to be captured to come so that we can get it back into Kibana, so we can get back into our system. So it really says, here's the inputs that your tool needs to give us. And I think how it's going to work and how I believe it needs to work is that any 
submission by a provider that does not have all the inputs either filled out or referenced as NA or something would be rejected and we come back to them so that we know we're getting the, all the data we need. Or it's all about just gathering all the specific data that we need for each QA review into Kibana so we have that data for sake of tracking and sorting, et cetera. So the API is just the other option for folks with the spreadsheet built into their tool and the API is the way that the information goes from their tool back to us. Likely by the beginning of next year, there'll be even standards changes that will make this clear, but we will have all QA review information coming into us that way. And we're trying to line up this QA improvement with all the Energy Star QA improvements, which also at least quite a few look like they're going to start on January 1st, 2025. And the goal of all this tracking, the reason we want to do all this is it just gives us a lot of information up front. It gives visibility by the whole industry into what we're doing as we go along day to day, where we're at with, in this case, quality assurance, gather all the information. What are people doing consistently correctly? Are there things people are consistently doing incorrectly, which points to maybe a training shortfall on our part? Are we not teaching people how to do something right? And then it's showing up as a common error. Is this something we need to get into our training providers? Say, hey, we really need to drill into this more because folks just aren't quite getting it. Or as things change, standards change, technologies change, are the Raiders and RFIs able to adapt to that or keep up with that as it changes? So all that information is to help us stay transparent and just see what's happening as it goes along. And then also we can keep an eye on the progress people are keeping with their QA because there are standard requirements to keep up on a quarterly basis with your overall numbers. And then by the end of the year, you have to keep up. Every individual has to have their required percentage of QA. But by all this tracking happening along the way, one of the benefits for the providers is that this annual QA report that this big piece of work that everyone has to do at the end of every year and the first quarter of the next, putting together this big annual report to turn it into uh, Laurel so that they can be reviewed and just know that they're up on their QA. That would really become obsolete and unnecessary and would go away. The annual report would no longer happen because we'd just be reporting constantly. And if you're in this July and we're going to do reviews every quarter and just see if people are keeping up. And if not, we're going to say, hey, you're running behind here with this type of QA review. We can help people stay on task so that they're not running around at the end of the year. Got it. Bill, if I could, I'd like to add two thoughts on the, what Billy said. The first one, and really the core goal of the Staff Advisory Committee in creating the checklist and now the structure of what's become the app is to have created a common process for all QADs to follow and apply ResNet quality assurance in the same way. I know before the checklist, there was historically a lot of complaints within the industry that you're like, oh, well, I do QA better than this guy, or this person's not doing it right. And by formulaically creating a checklist that requires every QAD to follow the same process A to Z, the output should be the same as long as it's being applied correctly. That's my first comment. The second comment is in relation to the transition for providers who, especially those that employ a retroactive model of QA, so that they're performing QA after registration, just know that when it gets turned on to this being required through the app or through the API, 
that there might be a catch-up period where I, I really just encourage everyone in 2024 to try to get ahead of the curve and if possible, try to move your business to a proactive QA model. That's something that within my own providership, I'm trying to get to and is, I consider it best in class as far as a QA process. But as a third-party provider, there's a lot of barriers to that and being able to get the data, get the QA data file from all of my raters in the same timeliness, it can be a struggle. But with some of the improvements that Energy Star is proposing, a lot of that will get sourced through the energy file or the energy model, which hopefully will help make my job easier. But obviously, direct providers, it's a lot easier because the raters share the same database as the QADs. This is a great conversation about some current and forward-thinking processes that are going to affect quality assurance. And I really appreciate getting a chance to get together to speak with the three of you on this topic and to share that with the listeners. And for getting real-time advice from Leo, from Cassandra, especially from Billy, who's worked with this for so long. So I want to thank you, all three of you, for coming on the Res Talk podcast and sharing these insights with the listeners. Can I add one tidbit that's going to be important for folks this year? Sure. So in 2024, we're all going to just learn how to make this transition. Some people are actively doing it now. Some are just starting to. Some have been for a few couple months, few months. Some haven't touched it yet with a 20-foot pole. But over this year, we definitely hope everyone, like Leo said, moves to more of a proactive stance on this and starts to get used to one tool or both. People will be free to use the app and the API. I know some people have talked about the possibility of the app for field QA and the API for file QA because that may work better for their providership. But whichever system you, you get to use as you play with it this year, try not to, it may be. For all concerns of redundancy or transition, we expect that basically some QA will be tallied one way and some will be tallied another through the year. Just to be clear, the everything done through the app and the API will go to Kibana. And if you continue to do QA the way you have, if you go in and just go to your rating and select that this was QA'd and load the spreadsheet there, that'll be tallied through the registry. And then if you use your own system, your own spreadsheet or whatever to tally, that is another option you can use in 2024. Laurel will work very hard with you at the end of this year to reconcile those numbers to make sure that your quality assurance is all recorded. So if you feel like, oh, you're stressing about adapting to this or using it, just feel free to use it as you're learning. And you can use the API or the app for some of your QA, and you can go through the registry the way we have been for more of your QA, or if you just do it on your own spreadsheet and don't track it presently in the registry, you can do that too. And at the end of the year, just plan to reconcile that with Laurel, knowing that next year, right out of the gate on January 1st, 2025, it is highly likely that the spreadsheet tracking through the registry just won't be an option. Just like they say, don't say we didn't warn you. Yeah, we're trying to make it clear. And that's not meant to be threatening, but it make it clear. Just clear, because we don't want folks to be caught off guard. Absolutely. Very thoughtful comment. Any closing thoughts from Leo or Cassandra? Just that I hope that other QADs are as excited as I am to finally be getting to this stage of quality assurance from our capabilities of ResNet quality assurance. I feel like it's making us a leader in the industry and reaffirming the gold standard of quality assurance that Resin is known for. 
great thoughts. And Cassandra? Yeah, I agree with Leo. I am excited to see where this is going to go. And I think it's a really good opportunity for all of the QADs that are involved. And I'm looking forward to where it ends up and all the new functions that they bring out. Excellent. And I, want, I just want to say thank everyone for all the work that's gone into this. A lot of quality assurance designees that are in the staff advisory committee as well as all the people that have been giving comments and using the spreadsheet over the years and helping us improve that and getting used to the app and whatever stage you're at with that or prepping for the API. We just appreciate all the input and all the proactivity that is happening and just look forward. I am a resource. Please look to me to help you make this transition. We want everyone to have as smooth of a ride as we can deliver on our end. Absolutely. There's a whole room of heroes behind this that allow this to be created and take place. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. We look forward to getting you that feedback through the podcast, getting this into the ears and minds of people in the industry and getting that feedback and making this even better. And we'll be learning more about it, I'm sure, in the coming months. Thank you all and take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Res Talk podcast. If you want to feedback, you can just drop an email to info at resnet.us, R-E-S-N-E-T U-S. You can also listen in your browser by following the links at resnet.us forward slash professional, where you can also receive a lot of information about the whole ResNet process and systems. A quote related to the topic today. This is from Abraham Lincoln. The best way to predict your future is to create it. And I'll say that's what ResNet's trying to do here is create a better future for the whole ResNet ecosystem. If you've not subscribed, please consider doing so. And as always, thank you for listening to ResTalk. Take care. Thanks for listening to the ResTalk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn, produced by William P. Spohn, LLC, and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. We would appreciate a review on iTunes or on the podcast app. This will help others find the show. We look forward to talking again soon on ResTalk. Talk.